0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hello and welcome to Off The Beat & Track podcast. I hope you're all doing well. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Not content with your, your free episode every week, every now and again I'll throw you a bonus one. This is one of those times. Today's guest is Justin Onakuzi. And I hope I pronounced that right. Um, You will see when the actual podcast itself starts that I literally asked Justin to introduce himself through fear of embarrassing him by pronouncing his name wrong. So I hope I got it right there, Justin. If I didn't, again, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, Justin was an absolute delight to sit down with. He was introduced to me uh, a little while ago by my good friend Ben, who also facilitated the Uh, office space to which we recorded this one Uh, I won't go into the the time when we met because I'm sure we touch on this at the beginning of the the podcast anyway so before we get on with it thanks to 76 for producing this Uh, thank you to my name is ad for doing the artwork thanks to everybody at the distraction pieces network thanks to our sponsors sos clothing I think we're good. I think we're we're ready to get on with the episode. If you do like this, then please obviously, if you spot it on the socials, give it a, a like, love, a retweet, a share. And if you're feeling really generous, then please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and and leave us a comment and a, and a little mark out of five or out of ten, whatever it is over there. And and if you're thirsty for more content, then I do have a Patreon account as well, where I put out a um, episode each week for free there. You can find out about everything at www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. Let's get on with the episode. Please enjoy Off The Beat Track Podcast. (laughs) I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fair Wear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code Beat 15 B-E-A-T-1-5 And that'll save you 15% off Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat & Track Podcast Let's get back to that podcast It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast On the Distraction Pieces Network With me, with him. Right, we are recording. We are at the we, we Work building in Liverpool Street, kindly offered to us uh, by a mutual friend, Ben Berlin, today. And sitting opposite me, which is the first time I've ever had to do this, is I'm going to semi-introduce my guest, and then I'm going to ask the guest to pronounce um, <laughs> his second name, because I do not want to embarrass you by getting it wrong. Um, Justin? Justin Anoukese. Anoukese, yeah. We was, we was all sort of in the office. I was like, can, does anybody know how to pronounce Justin's second name correctly? Because I, I just don't want to get it wrong and start the podcast like that. So I hope you don't mind me asking you to do it yourself.
2: No problem at all. No problem at all. <laughs> you, you, you're not the first and you won't be the last.
1: <laughs> okay, well, um, we've met once before. We was introduced by um, a mutual friend, Ben, um, at a... Um, would you call that a business lunch? It was a kind of networking yeah, type probably, thing. Yeah,
2: probably business, networking lunch, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. uh,
1: fun, good fun. And, and, and the, you're the, the, the second podcast I've got from, from that lunch. Uh, there was a gentleman there called Brian Message who manages Nick Cave and Johnny Marr and, 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 and such. And he, he was the guy that was responsible for hooking me up for last week's Frank Carter um, podcast, which is good. So it's a pleasure to um, have met you and have another guest come from that meet him. No problem so you are the head of retail multi asset funds at legal and general
2: that 's correct yes
1: okay well we won 't go too much into that initially, but um, what I do want to talk about as this podcast unfolds. Justin is your journey uh, and the, the, the kind of the determination and focus that it 's taken to get you from where you started to where you 're at now and okay. uh, but We always start this podcast uh, with the obvious introduction, which is, for your track one, which is the song with the greatest intro.
2: song with the greatest intro. That's the one I struggled with. Um, So I don't really have anything. I was actually Googling um, songs with with really good intros to see whether I I could find one. And I I really struggled. I really struggled to kind of come up with it. So I had some good intros that 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 I thought about, but then nothing that was really that powerful that I really could really define as my greatest intro. So I, I kind of, I, I drew a bit of a blank with that
1: one, so sorry about that. <laughs> so would you say that, you said powerful, would you say that an intro should be powerful?
2: Um,
1: n- not necessarily. It's
2: just that when you, w- w- if the question is the greatest intro, yeah. I'll I, I be thinking, oh, it's got to be something yeah. that really resonates with me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and, and and none of them did, and none of them did. And maybe because, I suppose, my, 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 my favourite types of music uh, growing up in uh, Manchester in in the 90s and late 80s, it's actually hip hop, and so, so I, I was I was searching for you know really strong intros to hip hop songs, uh, and I, I couldn't really get well not none that could um, I can articulate anyway on on a on a on a public broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we'll
1: b- leave NWA right over there, yeah, then. <laughs> so, so
2: I, I so I thought well I, I, better, I better um. But, uh, yeah, I had to a blank on it, really.
1: <laughs> so that's really interesting that you said that you, you... Obviously, we're going to talk about growing up, but mm. Manchester, 89 to mid-90s. Mm. For me, mm. the golden age of Manchester music, yeah. and hip-hop doesn't enter into that. Yeah. For me, I think 89, I think Hacienda, I think yeah. Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, in Spiral Carpets, then I yeah. think straight the way through to... I guess New Order as well, and then obviously Oasis. Yeah.
2: Right? So, 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 Oasis, you know, were you know, clearly a, a very popular band in the school that you know the school that I went to. I mean, Hacienda, I was a little bit too young for that yeah. one, so I, I never, I never got to experience the the, the, the Hacienda. Um, but I suppose, kind of thinking about my family roots, my friends, they're all into you know the US type of hip hop. Um, Seen. My mum was a big fan of of um, soul, uh, the kind of early kind of R and B years. So you know that's really what the, the kind of music that that influenced yeah. me. In terms of like indie and grunge and rock, it, it never really came in. Yeah. The, the closest I got to rock was you probably call it pop music, but definitely influenced by rock was Michael Jackson. And, yeah. you know Michael Jackson for almost every. Um, black child growing up at that time, you know, what was somebody who who you um, who you looked up to in, t- yeah. t- in terms of his music?
1: Yeah, I think white kids as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know no, no, definitely
2: everybody, right? Um, yeah, but it, it just um, you know he was the he was the first black person to go uh, to be shown on MCV, uh, with Billy Jean. Uh, so, so 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 naturally that was an influence uh, an influence on. On me growing
1: up. So are we still caught. Cool talk about Michael Jackson? That's a good
2: point. I was actually thinking <laughs> that. Like, <can> I, <laughs> I've I asked this question on podcasts yeah, a few times yeah, now because
1: it's impossible yeah, to, to have yeah. a music podcast and talk about growing up and, yeah. and Michael Jackson not coming in the conversation yeah, because he it's was it's, so massive and yeah. had such an incredible creative output and affected so many people's lives for good. <laughs> Yeah. And, and obviously it's come to light, apparently, obviously the stuff that's come on. Have you watched the documentary?
2: Yeah, I haven't watched the documentary. I, I, no, to be fair, I watched a little bit of it. Um, I, I think with all of these things, um, yeah, it's, 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 really, it's a really difficult one. It's murky, um, isn't it? Yeah, it's very murky. He, he's clearly been accused about a number of times before, and, and actually he found innocent once, and so, but the, the, it, it keeps on going on, and, and, and it's, it's, it's actually really, really disappointing that, that, that it's kind of come to this. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, he did definitely, growing up, he was, he was a big influence on, on, on my life.
1: So do you think it's possible to sort of separate, if we, if we look at it as worst-case scenario now of what's being reported on, can you separate the music from the man? Because it's, it's something, as, as a fellow uh, Mancunian, I'm a big fan of Morrissey and the Smiths. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that band, I love that music, but he's been saying some dumb shit some really dumb stuff yeah. that I don't agree with and, and it's really not what I'm about, but I can still appreciate the music aside from what he said. I guess maybe what Michael Jackson's being accused of is a little bit more sinister. Yeah, but
2: yeah. I, I, think, I think once it gets so murky, it's very difficult to dissociate the music from the man, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, if it's kind of small... Yeah, if it, the, the, the greater the offence the harder it is to, to make that disassociation. Um, yeah. So um, we'll, we'll just have to see how it all pans yeah. out, really.
1: Yeah. yeah. Track two, Justin. Mm? The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Now, I know you've sent me two over, yeah. so you can you can have honourable mention, so you can get them both in, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so uh, Lionel Richie, hello. Uh, I do, do think the video there is really powerful. The uh, is really powerful, and the lyrics um are um you know it it, it, it you know every time I, I listen to it you know it almost brings a tear to my eye a little bit um but i suppose the, the other one i've got there is stevie wonder i just called and, and the reason why i like that one is just just when i was when i was growing up when i was like you know, three four years old that was my favorite song my favorite song and i, I associate it i associate it with um you know really happy times in my life um uh, when growing up, and my mom's always telling me, "Oh, I love you, Justin," and and, and, and I used to always always kind of make the link back to that song. Uh, so, probably "Stevie Wonder," I just call I, I just call this probably the, the 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 one that's had the biggest emotional impact. I mean, every time I hear it, it always I always think back to my, when I was three, when I was four, uh, and, and listening to you know the LP on the record yeah. player. Uh, and actually, it wasn't, it wasn't Stevie Wonder's... probably wasn't his best song, you know? No. Um, but actually, it's the only one, I think, that got to number one in the UK. Uh, I don't think the others got to number one. Uh, no, I don't think they did. Um, but um, it's probably not his best song, but it's, it's one that definitely resonates with me and the, and the one that I remember. Um, and
1: you've, you've chosen... Well, I, I normally ask guests at this point what that emotion was that that brought on, but you said happiness. Yeah. And you're the first one to sort of come forward and say that everyone else was like oh you know when i my, had my heart broken for the first time in this <laughs> song and, and it's really nice that you just yeah. get joy and yeah. happiness that's um that's really nice um so you said you was about three or four mm-hmm. uh when you heard that so i'm just trying to sort of work out my timelines here how, do you mind me asking how old you are justin yeah i'm 37 37 okay yeah. um yeah so you would have just missed the hacienda then yes by, yeah, by, yeah, uh, yeah. by that um so where was your mom Uh, Manchester. So uh, I was born in uh,
2: St Mary's Hospital, which is in the kind of Manchester centre. Uh, Lived in first. I first lived in Blakely. No, I first lived in Hume actually, Hume, which is kind of just south of the centre. Moved to Blakely, and then most of my life was in, or was my childhood, I was in Cheetham Hill and the Crumpsall area,
1: so just north of the centre. I don't know too much about them. Them places. What what were they like as places? I mean, Cheatham Hill in the early
2: 90s, late 80s, was, was pretty rough, you know. Um, there was pretty much gang warfare uh, between Cheatham Hill and, and Mosside. Um, there, there were... It, it wasn't the most um, desirable area. No, they're, they're definitely not. It has improved a lot, a lot more recently. The, ga- the gang warfare um, seems to, to peter out in, in the mid-90s. Um, but you know, the, the, it was it was pretty hard, um, hard upbringing at times. And I came from a not a, a well off family. Uh, my mother kind of brought my, both me and my and my brother. Uh, we early nineties recession, we got you know kicked out of basically a house was dispossessed. Um, late nineties, just before my GCSEs year, again we got. Um, Got evicted from 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 a household, had to live in a, a house which was really infested with co- a temporary accommodation infested with infested with cockroaches, um, and it's the f- first time I actually experienced cockroaches when I was kind of 17, 16, sorry, and they're just all over the place in that house. And um, eventually, um, just before my GCSEs, we moved to the house that my, mo- my mother's still in in, in Cheatham Hill, um, and um, but it was yeah it was a re- really kind of really a pretty tough time, you know. You think about as well, you know, when, uh, one of the things that when I turned 16, I was desperate to get a job to kind of supplement my mother's income. So when I was at college, for example, I was working, you know, nights at what was called Alan's fried chicken, which was a copycat of a Kentucky fried chicken. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, I was working from, you know, six till one, six till sometimes three in the morning. And getting up at you know seven to go to college the next day, uh, just to really try and buy a PC, in order to actually do my coursework, you know, uh, and supplement my, my 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 mother's my the, the money my mum was giving me, um, so, so I could you know purchase material things mainly music actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it was it was a, a pretty uh, hard upbringing and 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 you know it's i think it but you know i, I do appreciate the value of hard work and um, because of that my mum taught me really taught me a lot um, particularly that if you get knocked down it's not important you know it's important you know h- how you how you bounce back from that um so that perseverance that resilience uh, is really kind of been taught to me from from my mother
1: i mean before you you know you spoke about the- what was going on with with your accommodation and and, Mm -hmm. and the things that was happening during the recession. You also mentioned this is at the time on the area that you was living in, which was, you know, crime and and, and gang violence was was, was, was rife. Mm -hmm. Was that something that you consciously was never drawn to? Did you, you know, obviously you said you wanted a PC. Was there nothing leaning thinking, you know, is, is this an option? Could I could I get involved in, in anything that's surrounding me? Like, yeah. how did you maintain, or did you, or did you not, or did you maintain focus and, and yeah. think I've had, a, my, I've had good things instilled in me to know right yeah. from wrong?
2: I, I mean, the option was all, was always there. You know, so i bombarded like, you with a yeah. lot of questions like, there, sorry. But the, the option was always there. Uh, I suppose it's just my mum again, you know, t- teaching me the values um, that I think I have today. And she... she Importantly, she taught me the importance of education. You know, she was a teacher, which kind of helped. Right. Um, but I, from a very early age, my mum was teaching me. Well, I mean, I, I think I need long multiplication at the age of five. You know? right. That's that, that's you know how much she was teaching me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and it, it just stayed with me the importance of education and actually hard work in order to get the right grades, in order to try and get myself out of that situation. Uh, And, yeah, uh, you know, I did reasonably well at school and I kind of put that down to a moment. I I suppose if... It could have been different, right? It could have been different if I wasn't doing well at school. It it may have been very easy to get sucked into, um, you know, what was going on uh, around me. But I suppose the other thing is I've got a great group of friends who all thought the same way. Uh, You know, all went to... Again, all went to university. um, You know, didn't get involved in... Um, didn't get involved in anything they shouldn't have been getting involved sure. in, and focused on actually sort of improving social mobility, really. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, whilst talking about school, it leads us on nicely to track three, uh, which is the song that reminds you of your time at school. So yeah. You sent a few over here. Yeah.
2: Again, I sent a few. I suppose that the, the one that. Kind of really stands out to me is, and this again is like ve- primary school, and you know I, did, I didn't really like the band even, but it was Bross and yeah. it was um, "When Will I Be Famous." Yeah. Uh, and the, the main reason, the main reason for that is that you know we always sing it at school. We always sing it when I was like you know I'm talking about six years old, seven yeah. years old. That was a song we used to sing. You know. Um, the, the other one is there's a time when neighbours was at his height, right? Yeah. Of course. And um, we had two people in our in our, in our class. One was called. Not Kylie, but Carly, and J- and we had a guy called Jason, and, and and they used to kind of pretend to be Carly um, Minogue and Jason Donovan. And so the one that stands out to me is um, "I Should Be So Lucky" by Carly yeah. Minogue. and they did one together, didn't they? Um, Especially for you. Yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah, you remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so they they used, to, they used to sing that one as well. So so the, the, I that reminds me of, of of school days. And then and then actually, one that I I didn't actually mention initially is um, which you know anyway. Is MC Hammer? You can't touch this. Yeah, and that was, um, you know, it, it, that was when hip hop seemed to go mainstream, and you'd yeah. have people coming into school and you know doing the Running Man and things yeah. like that. So, again, that's one that kind of um, just give me a reminder of, of primary school. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy school? Yeah, I did actually. I, I did, and um, maybe it's because I, I, I you know. I enjoyed learning. I enjoyed doing well uh, in, in in school. So, as I say, it, it may have been a completely different if I wasn't doing so well. Um, but I, I really enjoyed both primary and secondary. school, less so sixth form uh, because at sixth form that's when I was doing the you know the long hours around you know working around going in, uh, going into going into sixth form. And our sixth form college at the time, um, we had this crazy system where you, you'd have to swipe in. Uh, at I think it was at half eight every day, even if you didn't have lessons, uh, you know throughout the, throughout the whole day you had to swipe in, um, and, and that was quite painful to getting up at that time and yeah. having you know such a lack of sleep
1: really. And old sc- school was in Manchester, yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, primary school Crumpsall, secondary school Presswich. The, the sixth form was actually in Berry, which um, is essentially Greater Manchester. Yeah. yeah. So
1: did you feel a connection to, to people at school?
2: Uh, I do, I do. I, I still speak to a lot of people who I grew up with, um, both w- the people I grew up with in Cheatham Hill, or kind of around my area, but also the people who I went to school with. I've got you know, a really tight group of friends. Uh, I st- still speak to people that I grew, that, uh, went to primary school with uh, who have known since I was, I was like four years old. So, so I, th- I think, yeah, I think I've got a connection to school. And also to Manchester as well. You know, I've got a lot yeah. of family up there. I had a massive family. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, yeah. we talk about the har- hardships. And I suppose a lot of my family went through those hardships. Um, but having that big family network around was, 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 was really, was really helpful.
1: So did you know what you wanted to do at school? Did you, did you have a, a kind of plan as to where you wanted to take it? No. I, so at primary school, I always wanted to be a doctor.
2: And then I flipped to be to wanting to be a lawyer because I thought, you know, I, I can't deal with like blood and I'm and, and, and too, you know, too, too squeamish. So, um, and then I did a work experience at a law firm, you know, a two weeks work experience you do in year 10 and I absolutely hated it. I thought it was so boring. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, I need to focus on something which I enjoy, which is maths. Uh one area which which was an obvious area for me to think about was it kind of being an actuary because they use maths a lot in their role. So I put my, I set my heart on being an actuary, and when I finally became an act, when I finally started as a junior actuary as a ju- actuarial student, I realised that I hated it. <laughs> it definitely wasn't for me. And then I moved from pension consulting to investment consulting, and that's where I got exposure to understanding markets. And that, to me, was... Yeah, that's when my eyes opened and I realised that that's what I needed to do to fulfil, to to, to, to actually align my personal goals and what I enjoy with what I do at work.
1: And outside of work as well, you're playing football.
2: Oh, yeah, I love love football, yeah. Both watching and playing, yeah.
1: A a pretty decent level, right?
2: Yeah, so I I played at a, a very good level, actually. So it was actually the... The Manchester Amateur League, but I suppose it's semi-professional in the, in the, in, the, in for it's for Prestige Hayes. Uh, it's the Manchester Amateur League, but it's semi-professional. In the fact that people are getting paid in the in the first team. Um, I played a number of times for the reserves. I played once for the first team. I also played for Cheadle in a few friendlies, and and they are you know they were semi-professional at the time. Yeah, R- really enjoyed really enjoyed that. There, there was there was um. My friend always tells me that I made a big mistake. Um, so we were, when we were leaving school, our coach for the, for, for the football team invited me and him to go and play for Main Road, which is semi-professional team at the time. Um, and he said yes. Uh, I didn't hear him ask the question. I didn't hear the coach ask the question. Uh, and so I, I just never went. And he always says that he asked both of us He keeps on saying, you know, even now to this day, he he has both of us and you just ignored him. (laughs) I was like, okay. So, um, so, so, but then, you know, I'd never had the ability to go all the way anyway. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I did. So so that impacted, I I knew my weaknesses. and I I knew my strengths. um, And I I knew that I didn't have the ability to go all the way. Um, But, you know, I've won won a lot of of awards as, as a kid, you know, uh, best player in the and Radcliffe league um, you know so, uh, managers player of the year and so on and so forth so I, I do keep all the trophies I think they're, they're in the loft somewhere though
1: do you still have a kick about
2: uh, I try but I've got
1: I get a lot of in, I've had a lot of injuries now so yeah yeah okay a bit too old for it now I think um track four Justin the first record you remember by him um so again going back to hip hop
2: um, you know a bit of kind of it's was a mixture of an and R and B, so. swing beat. Yeah, yeah, swing beat. That's like that's <laughs> well one. It's um, Bobby Brown, "Don't Be Cruel."
1: The album or the single?
2: It was a single, right? And it was a record, yeah, uh, 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 LP. And the second song on that "Don't Be Cruel" was uh, "My Prerogative," of course, which, which again is a you know a classic, classic Bobby Brown's uh, Bobby Brown song, it's a classic album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, And, you know, I remember knowing all the words to uh, My Prerogative um, and and, and Don't Be Cruel as well, actually. So so they're they're two songs which, again, you know, remind me of of my childhood. Uh, And I've probably still got the LP somewhere, but Mm. I don't have an LP player. So,
1: do you know what? It's it's really interesting because it's like, I think for people sort of growing up now and their exposure to Bobby Brown is probably, oh, he was the guy that was married to Whitney Houston and not, he was the guy that. Literally turned it all upside down for a few years. Yeah, when he when yeah. come out, Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. I remember, I think it was probably prerogative was the first track I heard, mm. and it was that Teddy Riley production, that swing yeah, beat yeah. sound. Yeah, that yeah. all of that, like, Devo they all had that Bell, that yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was just brilliant. And and then every step I take, all of these tunes and Roni, it yeah, was yeah, like, ah, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. this is this is incredible. And he was this phenomenon that that he, I mean, he could dance so amazingly yeah, and yeah. and he, he he was super cool looking yeah. and and he just i guess, i don't know he's i wonder what he was up to when i sort of see your song choices i had a little google and he's back on tour with because he was in new edition wasn't he yes, with, yeah uh, the, and the rest of new edition was Belvive devoe yeah and uh, and and yeah they're back out on tour as new edition but oh, hey. I okay find it quite weird hearing a load of blokes in there, probably mid-50s now, yeah. singing Candy Girl. That must, yeah. sound, <laughs> <laughs> that must sound a little bit
2: strange, there. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're dancing as well. That'll be a bit damage themselves. <laughs> Can you remember where you bought it? Where? Yeah. Uh, so I think it must have been HMV. Yeah. Um, there used to be a big HMV in Manchester City Centre. It's not there anymore. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's there anymore, anyway. I think it's turned out of Barclays Bank. Uh, And it used to be the one that everyone used to go in, and, and, and it used to just be massive, this store.
0: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like
0: to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
2: Uh, and you know for years and years and years i was buying cds yeah. and, and albums and re- well not not so much records actually because by the time that was that was probably the, the only record i bought yeah and then by the time after that you know it's pretty much cd cd yeah. territory right um but that was that was the that was a place i'd go to go yeah. to back buy, to buy all my uh, buy my albums
1: brilliant um so you then Get into uni? Yes. Where was that? At Warwick.
2: So, actually, in Coventry. Uh, so, Warwick University is in Coventry. Mm-hmm. Uh, bit of a bubble, like bit of a change, right? So, you know, you go from a city in Manchester to a bit of a bubble on the outskirts of a very small, I don't know, it's a town or a city.
1: Coventry, yeah, yeah city, yeah,
2: city, yeah. So, uh, so a very small, but it's a small city, right? Mm. And and Warwick is then, you know, in the suburbs of that. So, yeah. so it's um. It was a, it was a bit of a strange one, a bit of a strange, changing environment. Um, Warwick's
1: quite, quite nice, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, Warwick's nice. So around yeah, Warwick yeah, Castle yeah, and yeah, things yeah, like that, it's yeah, all very, very. Yeah, I, I, and to be fair, Coventry is, you know, it's been really a lot of investment's gone into it. I think it's yeah. city of
1: culture next yeah, year.
2: Yeah. So So, um, it, 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 it was, it was, it was, a, it was a bit of a shock to the system now to be, and it wasn't so much in. Co- I, I think it would have been more suited to living in coventry given that um i was from manchester but it's actually you know i lived on campus for years one and year three and that is like you're in a bubble right you're in a bubble with just students and no real city life so um that was that was it's definitely a bit initially it was a big shock to my system um but the fact that i chose to live on campus in the third year kind of tells you that i did enjoy
1: it hello i've interrupted the podcast again haven't i sorry it won't take a sec all i want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast if we can't play them it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such so if you want to hear the songs just go over to spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through. And you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say a shock. Was that a good shock or a bad
2: shock? Um, Eventually it turned into a good shock. But I think for everything, it takes time to adjust. Yeah. But yeah, I did enjoy my university years.
1: Okay. So that again leads on very nicely um, because the next track... I want to know the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. So, yeah. would you have been venturing into into clubs to go to uh, to nightclubs and such, or was uh, if these? Oh, I won't mention the track you've chose yet. But or was that back in Manchester?
2: Um, so the first time I ventured into a club, probably telling you a bit too much now. Uh, I, was, I was so not actually the first time. It was a under 16s club, right? Okay, and, and um, I was fourteen and you know there's a lot of kind of in manchester at that time there was no real exposure to hip-hop or r&b which is which is kind of kind of what, what, what i enjoyed at the time and it was all pretty much dance music um and i remember we used to go to a place called the roxy in berry uh, and now it's called i don't know what it's called now it what, then it changed its name to Solviva. Um, the first time i went to a proper club i was still very young um <laughs> Uh, I was 15, actually, um, but I, I clearly looked at, looked um, looks over at, at looks 18. Well, maybe maybe I didn't, but anyway, it was Discothèque Royale, which then changed its name to Infinity Inf- Infinity. Sorry, M2, and now I think it's closed. I think it's closed, but that's a massive, massive club in Manchester. Um, but dance music, then you know, is, is something that really stands out. As something that um, not necessarily I like the music that much, but just you know when I was out in clubs, that's what I heard. And the one that the one the, the song that kind of jumps out jumps out at me was um, "You Don't Know Me" by Armand Van Helden, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And um, and it seemed like every time we'd go out, you just hear that song on loop yeah. all the time. Um, and so, so so you know when I saw this question, that was the first song that jumped that jumps yeah. in my me- memory. Uh, and then, and then I suppose that when I got to the late nineties, uh, so early two thousand, it was the kind of a lot of garage music which yeah, I, I enjoyed. Um, and then one song stands stands out to me there is Little Man by Seer. Um, but there's you know there's, there's a range of different garage music which I, which I I still listen to actually at times. Mm. But it seems Massive like, resurgence yeah, garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I'd love to kind of. Um, Maybe I, I can venture out to a a, a, garage, a garage club again. Actually, that's that'd be good fun.
1: So, what did you want from clubbing? What did you on, on a night out? What was it that you was looking for?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, so at, at, that, at that stage, I didn't really. I mean, I drink a lot more. I don't really go out of clubbing. That's the first thing. Um, but I, I, I drink a lot more now than I did when i was young i remember mean, that's down to money really you know mm. you, you you just have like a, a probably two drinks maximum there's a place actually called the lazy pig which is, is now closed down as well which was um
1: manchester one, or coventry Ma- manchester
2: yeah one pound in was it one pound in? 50p in and um one pound a drink
1: god i would not want to be a doorman at that
2: place <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um it was only in the, in the northern quarter was now called the northern quarter in manchester um, and, and that's the way we always used to start
1: out. Um, it's nice for Northern Quarter. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's,
2: it's really, it's really nice now. Um, then it was, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. To be it's honestly. quite
1: Bohemian there, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and what would I say, uh, what we were looking for um, as, as a group of of, of young boys, um, there was really kind of really one thing on our mind: I was the yeah, looking, 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 looking for, looking for. Um, uh, Dates and so on and so forth. So, um, well put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it there, I think.
1: <laughs> okay, so you leave uni, uh, Justin, and then it's time to get a job. Yeah. yeah. So, what happened there?
2: That's when I started off as an actuarial student. I applied like crazy for actuarial jobs. I must have applied to over 50, 50 roles. Uh, I did get the role at Aon consulting as it was then called now it's called Aon hewitt actually it used to be based in Devonshire square which which is where, where we're um doing this podcast um and yeah i, I just really didn't like it it was um it, and everyone uh has what they enjoy doing and you know building lots of huge spreadsheets to try and calculate the liability pension scheme just wasn't me um, and, you know, I looked, up, I looked at the senior people in, in you know, qualified actuaries, scheme actuaries, principals in, in the business, and I didn't aspire to be them. Um, and I knew that very early on. I knew I'd made a mistake. I, I tried to think about other roles that I, that, that I could do. I was, you know, I was looking at, you know, what was available. At the same time, I was trying to do actuarial exams, you know, to actually just to make sure that I, I, kept, I kept the job for sure. number one. Um, and then I got a bit of a lifeline, and the lifeline was uh, two people from the investment department as part of the graduate training scheme came to talk about investment. And when I heard them talk about what they what they did, that just, I, you know, I knew straight away that that was something that I would be passionate about. So I went straight to the head of investment consulting and emailed him. He said, oh, you know, let's have a catch up. Got to got to his office. Somebody else was sat down with him, a team leader, and basically I pitched for the job. I said that you know this is something that I know I, I I'm passionate about, and within eight months, so, so within a month of that meeting, I was then moved teams into the into, into the investment team. But with eight months at Aon, I'd, I'd moved from pensions to to, to investment consulting. So. I think I did learn one thing there, two things, is that actually it's actually so important to align your personal goals and what you enjoy personally with what you do at work. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy your job.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the second thing is, um, if you're really not enjoying your role and really not enjoying what you do, then you know, don't feel you have to you know, continue to be stuck in a rut and actually it's down, really down to you to kind of pull yourself out and, 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 and really research where you, where you want to go. And that's one of the you know, a key nugget of advice, I suppose, I give to juniors who, who who ask me, they don't enjoy the job or it's not aligned to them, you know, what should they do? Do you
1: think sometimes, obviously, the the pressure and, and the demand for, for income, mm. like, is what's going to be keeping a lot of these people doing things that they don't like doing? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, for me, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I've had jobs that I've really not enjoyed doing yeah. and, and I've not been in a position where I can think, right, I just need to get out. I need to get yeah. out and you can yeah. keep applying if the things that you want to do aren't coming. I've never been in that position where I could just quit and spend yeah. a couple of yeah. months with the money that's in the bank, yeah. you know, being able yeah, to sort yeah. of try and find something, I think that's a, a pressure yeah. That's, that's. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I'd never, I'd never suggest just quitting, hmm. um, but you know, I do think you have to be proactive in in trying to get out. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's amazing the, the number of people that I speak to who you know want a different role, but haven't really tried to engage with other people in that role I haven't tried to network I haven't tried to mentor because it's just not them so uh, you know any advice that i can give because given that i've been on at least some of that journey i think we, well hopefully is is can be helpful yeah, yeah hopefully
1: fantastic yeah. F- favorite song from an artist from your hometown
2: yeah so th- th- this was a hard one
1: um your sport for choice. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But, but, <laughs> but I, I was always trying to link it back to hip hop, and the, uh, as well, you know, the the, the the music that I enjoy. And the, 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 there hasn't been uh, there hasn't been that much, right? I mean, now you're starting to see the grime scene is is really starting to pick up in, in the um, in the UK. So there's a guy called Bugsy, mm-hmm. um, who um, I do I think lyrically is very gifted, really, really gifted. Um, but you know, clearly, um, I, you know, I don't think he's um, yeah, you know, I don't think he's 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 done enough to warrant you know my favourite song from from my, my home county, well Manchester. Um, so I thought of um, you know I thought of Oasis. Uh, you know, there's lots of o- Oasis songs which I, d- I do enjoy. I've got you know downloaded onto my phone. Um, but the, the one I really enjoy and, and and is um not just because I'm Manchester United fan. Is, um, is Simply Red and Mick Hucknell, um Stars. Mm. I, think it's just a, I think it's a, f- a fantastic song. Um, and, you know, every time I... You know, given that I do have this bias towards hip-hop, every time I put the, the song on, um, you know, friends or family or my wife is kind of telling me, well, why do you like this song so much? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just something about the song which I just think is so melodical.
1: Yeah, it's one a, of my favourites. It's a real weird one, like, because a lot of people really have an issue in Mick Oaknall mm, mm, and mm. I, don't, I don't really get what the problem is I guess because he's, he's surrounded by so many you know Mancunian uh, Manchester's obviously thrown out so much amazing music yeah, yeah. and the, the music that Simply Red do is probably more mainstream maybe than yes, say yes, for instance definitely. the Roses or the Mondays or yeah, so, yeah, you know yeah. and things like that but if you go back to the the early releases of Simply Red, mm. like Holding Back the Years, Money's yeah. Too Tight to Mention, yeah. Do the Right Thing. Yeah. It's working class soul music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, 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 and it's and, and it's undeniable, however much of a... whatever he is and, yeah. and, and has been over the years, you know, his voice is incredible. Yeah. Undeniable. Yeah. And I... I I, I was flicking through some tracks again after getting this, and mm. did you? It was very late in his career, and I think it's one of his best vocal deliveries ever. And it was the track that he done with, I think it was Wyclef Sean, um, Angel.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: What an yeah. amazing record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, 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 I'll i side with you on this, just because I yeah. do think that um, Hucknall gets. Too much of a bad rap a lot of the time. I think he's sung enough good songs to, to warrant his notoriety as a as a as a, as a valid songwriter. Um,
2: have
1: you ever seen him live? I haven't. No, no. Yeah. Have, you, have you? I haven't. No, okay. no, no. Was was gigs on the, on the radar growing up? Did you go and watch bands? Um, I, I didn't. I didn't because bands
2: at the time. It's I haven't seen that much live music. Um, bands at the time in Manchester was all you know was more indie gross yeah. yeah and, and I, I, just, I just wasn't i just didn 't like that music so much mm. um, and also you know like, then it came down to money as well right so you know actually throughout my life even now i, I don 't go to that much live music um, probably the best concert that i i 've been to was hammersmith apollo um, and it was the Fugees. The Fugees one, nice. one of their when they came, one of their comebacks actually. And it was it was actually it was actually very good, very yeah. good. Even though the, Lauren Hill now gets a lot of stick from when she does when she does a live concert with them. Yeah. And arguably, her voice isn't as, as, as strong as it used to be. Yeah. Um, it was a really good, uh, really good set. They they, they, yeah. they, they, they they went through.
1: Incredible band.
2: Oh, incredible! Yeah, and I think Miseducation, Lauren Hill. Oh. I'll try and squeeze it in here somewhere because it's, it's an absolutely fantastic album. Amazing. Yeah, and, um, but I,
1: I couldn't squeeze it in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: at least I've, I've given it a, at least i I'm, I'm a happy mention. to talk about yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Lauren Hill all day long. I yeah. think uh, one of the greatest voices the last yeah. 20 years without a shadow of a yeah. doubt. Um, all right, so for your last track, um, Justin, I ask you to um, play DJ and and, mm. and recommend a song that many may not know. That you like, that you'd be, you'd like him to hear.
2: Yeah, so I, I had to squeeze this guy in somehow because, again, as, as a hip hop artist, I think he is, uh, he's one of my favourites, if not the favourite, uh, and that's Notorious B.I.G. I think lyrically he was um, so so strong. You know, unfortunately, what was it 1997? Now, so what's that? Um, 22 years ago, right? Mm. 22 years, yeah, 22 years ago.
1: Um, that. You know, he passed Don't it. start playing that game. I do yeah, that yeah, now. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. can only be ten. The nineties yeah. was only ten years ago, yeah. right? And then you start <laughs> to think, oh no, it won't. That, that record's thirty years old. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> feel <but he's laughs>
2: really, <he's laughs> really old. Yeah. So m- March the March ninth, nineteen ninety seven, is when, um, is when he was he was he was murdered. Um, but you know, w- when I kind of go through his songs and I think of you know which are the ones that are most strongest lyrically, you think of like warning. You think of maybe. Um, you you nobody till somebody kills you. Um but the one that really stands out to me is unbelievable on Ready to Die. And I think Ready to Die was his, his breakthrough album in nineteen ninety-four. I think it was ninety four and um It was un- unbelievable. Uh as a as a lyrically, I think it's just fantastic and the way he um again the way his voice interacts with the beats is, is 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 really quite powerful and again hip-hop artists to some extent get a lot of stick you know, you know when people challenge them like, are they truly musical artists but i tell you what you know i've written a lot i've written songs in my time and you know it is actually really hard to sound good on um, on a beat um even if you're even if you're, you're the most talented poet um, to sound good in a beat is, is, is actually very difficult. It's all to about create. the delivery. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Biggie, you know, I see him as a poet as well, right? You know, some of the stuff he wrote. And he
1: had flow. He yeah, had great flow. Yeah,
2: and, and his, his um, interaction with different words and so on and so forth, I think it's really, really powerful. Um, so I had to, include, I had to include, uh, include him somewhere, and I squeezed him in at the end.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a great shout, that. Justin... Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thank you. There you have it. What an absolute gentleman Justin was. It was a really interesting time to to record with Justin because I guess I'm feeling more comfortable now talking to people from the creative industry. And if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, you'll be aware that, 99.9% 99.9% of previous guests have been actors, musicians, comedians, producers, DJs, uh, and they're fields in which some of which I've, I've, I've worked in. And so I kind of feel comfortable in those conversations. So it was really refreshing and, and interesting to, to chat to somebody that doesn't work in, in, in any of those industries. And, and just to find out about the the impact that the music had on, on him and, and and, and, and him as a person in his career so thank you very much Justin for, for coming on and doing this episode, thank you very much to Ben Berlin for arranging it and introducing us and thanks mainly to you lot for listening, supporting and encouraging me to, to keep moving forward and, and developing this podcast, have a lovely week and I will see you next time bye bye <laughs> oh yeah, sorry I've butted in yet again I just want to Quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and ACast, and it's a one stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson. Uh, there 's features on jade adams and it 's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device, how good 's that? if you haven 't managed to get a print copy then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. podbiblemag.com It's Off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Stew, with him. Eat